Evening, mate. Hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good, thanks, mate. A little bit rushed tonight. It's not got long got off work, but all good. How about yourself? Yeah, very good. Very good, mate. Okay, well, uh, let's crack on then. Uh, so, um, the RBC Heritage at Harbortown Golf Links in uh, South Carolina, um, it was a little bit of a procession, wasn't it? Um, I, I, I have to say, um, Stuart Sink, as much as the commentators tried to build it up on Sunday that it was going to be some <laughs> sort of contest, that uh, you kind of knew because Stuart Sink is a just the kind of golfer he is, he's not going to make stupid mistakes, that it, it was a done deal, but even on the Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you set it up with two 63s around Town and end up, what, sitting 16 under on Saturday morning, yeah. it's always going to be tough for anyone to get past you. And I think he, he handled it very well and just managed his way around the golf course. That's all he was ever really going to need to do. Um, yeah, I think as threatening as it got was when Morikawa birdied the first on Sunday and he walked it in and you thought just maybe he was going to go on a bit of a tear. Um, but I thought Morikawa particularly was very disappointing on Sunday, um, but no one really threatened, even when Grillo got in between, what, three or four of them? I think Sink was was cut and dry by then. Yeah, he really was. Um he was class, wasn't he? Uh, I mean, uh, and and uh, I see Dave Tyndall, uh, I think from um, Betfair, um, tipped him out as the winner, and so fair play to him because he was paying any old money Stuart Sink, uh, and uh, I, I had him in my fantasy team as a kind of a last minute inclusion. I thought, oh yeah, he because I was looking for a value golfer at a, at a kind of a low price to kind of fill out my team, and I thought I'll throw in Stuart Sink. Or well, never never thought that he would go out and and absolutely dominate like he did um and so you know it, it, well done to anyone who got Stuart Sink uh, you did well you got um you got uh, Chris Kirk um, tied seventh at four under and I did okay got Corey Connors tied fourth at uh mm-hmm. sorry I got Corey Connors tied fourth at 13 under and you got um Chris Kirk tied um seventh at 12th under so you know we got some place place money um which was great but yeah Stuart Sink I mean that was huge, uh, and and once again, it just shows you. Look, you can build all the golf courses you like in the world, and you can have all the bombers you like in the world. But but uh, but if a guy can manage his way around the course and move it the way that Stuart Sink can, then um, he deserves to win, doesn't he? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you just need to look at the the top of that leaderboard, um, and look, it's just it's just ball strikers, it's iron players, isn't it? You look at yeah. Grillo, McNeely, Connors, Fitzpatrick, Kirk, Morikawa. It's almost like a who's who of Iron player, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what it really impressed me about Sink was it, it wasn't per se, but he wasn't amazing off the tee. There were plenty of times where he left himself, like you do at Harbour Town, with enough to do, sort of behind a tree or in a slightly awkward spot. And yeah. he just kept hitting green after green after green, no matter where his ball was, what the yeah. setup was, whether it was a he needed to play a fade, a draw, a at half a duck hook in times every time he just seemed to be 20 25 feet over the weekend so it was just just completely hassle free for yeah, him and yeah. yeah like you say fair play to to Dave who, who uh, put him up on on Twitter with one of the most one of the most convincing um arguments I've seen but it was unfortunate for me I didn't see it till Wednesday when I was already well invested um <laughs> so so too late for me to get aboard he was on yeah. well off teams too but but it's yeah fair play I mean when someone makes a call like that and it's that stress-free you can only you can only nod your head and sort of accept it can't you but yeah yeah 
Yeah, no, I mean, as I say, fair play to him. And, 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 and you know, I give credit where it's due. That was a great tip. So uh, RBC Heritage, just going to go through the top 10 for everyone here. Um, Stuart Sink wins it um, one under on the fourth round, 19 under for the tournament. Uh, Harold Varner the third. Nice to see him playing well uh, at this tournament. He needed to play well um, for his own sort of security and the um, and the money rankings for the year. So he finished tied second uh, on, uh, he had a good fight, final round, five under, finished 15 under for the tournament um, um, tied second with um, Eduardo Grillo um, is it Eduardo or is it Emiliano 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 Grillo um, 300 for the day 1500 for the tournament Maverick McNeely continues to impress he finished tied fourth on um, 13 under Matthew Fitzpatrick once again another solid um, four rounds for him uh, and, uh, and and four under for the tournament uh, sorry 300 for the round 1300 for the tournament Corey Connors he, I, I kind of thought I had the winner there, uh, and the, by the second round, I thought because uh, I, I, he had a, a, a huge second round, uh, and I thought, oh, this is good. He's re- he, 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 I think he shot six under for a second round, and I thought, hello, we've got a we've got a live one here, and mm-hmm. uh, and and as I say, his is uh, he, he just he just sort of petered out over the weekend, unfortunately. Um, but it still finished well. Um, tied fourth on 13 under. Um, tied seventh was Colin Morikawa on 12 under with Chris Kirk. Um, tied ninth, Russell Henley, um, 400 on the day, 11 under for the tournament with um, Shane Lowry as well, had another solo tournament. And Cameron Smith, this guy is doing my head in. This guy is wrecking <laughs> my... He is wrecking my head, this guy, because he shoots... A 63 on what was it Friday? It was, it was um, opening, wasn't it? Yeah, he led the first round. Yeah, uh, was it on the Thursday? Um, yeah, uh, uh, he just absolutely shot the lights out of the course. Uh, and I thought, yep, where you go, Cameron, and just fell in a hole. Uh, and then and then shot five under on the final round, you know. Um, and if, and I just thought, Cameron, where, where was that on Saturday? Um, so he's kind of wrecking my head a little bit at the moment and still, you know, good place though, um, tied ninth um, with Webb Simpson as well, who likes this course. So there was the top 10 for the RBC. Uh, and um, yeah, as I say, a bit of a procession, unfortunately, as much as they tried to build it up. Stuart Sink was, was you just couldn't see anyone. Um, as you say, Morikawa, Possibly, and 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 he, and he was, as I say, he was awful on the uh, on the Sunday, uh, and um, and and I see what you mean about that. Pu- you, you did catch him at the right time on that putting stroke because there were some strokes of his over the weekend which were awful, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think the more I think about it, um, my win on Morikawa at concession was very much lucky. Um, in just catching him at the right time because it's almost like he's regressed um, from even what he was putting like before that. Um, but yeah. still, like, I was just looking at the stats again and Morikawa was the reason that I put him up at the time. Um, he's gained strokes put in this year in six starts and he's won three of those events. So I still think there's value in him because on those weeks where he decides to haul a few, he's going to be winning or, or there thereabouts. Um, so I still think there's value, but he just makes for an incredibly frustrating watch, doesn't he? Um, he does. Once he missed a few. Um, yeah. I mean, talk about Cameron Smith. Um, his performance on Thursday was one of the most incredible rounds I've ever seen because he shot nine under while losing strokes with his irons. That is <laughs> yeah. just ridiculous. Um, yeah. I mean, he was hauling everything and around the greens. He was absolutely on fire. But I'm not sure it's ever been done before to shoot that low while losing strokes on approach. Yeah. It was just 
one of the most dumbfounding things I've ever seen. Um, but I mean, fair play, it doesn't matter how you get it around, does it? You shoot your score, you shoot your score. But yeah. I was, it was remarkable. He just kept everything. When he's when he stood in a bunker, you're thinking, haul it. It's, yeah, he's a very interesting golfer, is Smith. He is a really interesting golfer. He's an anomaly. And uh, I, I just think he, I, I, as you well know, and anyone who listens to me well knows, I, I love the guy. Um, he's, he, he drives you to drink in terms of the way that he plays because he's so laid back and lackadaisical and laconic. He kind of just, he's, but when he's in the rhythm, he's in the rhythm and he's in the zone. And uh, and uh, I like him this week with Mark Leishman, you know, just as a, as a bit of a heads up for this week. You know, I think that's a great pairing um, uh, for the Zurich. But, uh, but, but I, yeah, he, he's, I got him at the Sony in Hawaii, and he shouldn't have really won that. Brendan Steele kind of capitulated um, uh, a long time ago now um, at the Sony Invitational in 2019. Um, Steele basically, he didn't hand it to Smith, but um, but he did certainly um, fall over a little bit, and uh, and Smith came through and took it and 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 played well. And then since then, as I say, he, he's he's a very good golfer, Cameron Smith, but he just he's he just has one bad round uh, in the four, and 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 he, I don't know, he's, whether it's he's just relaxed too much, or he has a mental sort of brain fade, or whatever he does. But he's there's a little bit of a there was some, a couple of the commentators said, uh, you know, he needs to get a little bit more steely, and I actually agree with that. I think he does need to get a bit more steely as well. Um, but was there anyone else um, in that field uh, or that performance uh, at RBC uh, that you kind of? I'll tell you one player for me, and I'll hand it over to you. I, I I got I got very scared for a minute there because I thought Matt Wallace was going to go and do it um, uh, early in the week. He started out really well, and I thought, "Geez, I've missed him because we because we talked we both like." heaped praise upon Matt Wallace mm-hmm. um, in the last couple of weeks and said, this guy is scrambling well, he's playing really well, he and he nearly won one, and then we and then we both sort of, sort of put him up as a master's a possible contender, and he played well there, and I thought, oh no, we've missed him, um, and then he didn't quite get the job done, but he played very well, didn't he? He did, yeah. Um, I think Wallace at the weekend was the, the antithesis of, of Cameron Smith in that he shot some really low ones early on, like Smith did, but it was purely approach play and putting because Wallace isn't great around the greens, but he didn't have to chip. And when he started to miss a couple, I think that cost him over the weekend when he was really struggling to get to scrambling to get up and down. But it's another very, very solid performance around that round and about the lead. I know he dropped down. He finished in the top 20 just, I think. Tied 18th, yeah. Yeah, but obviously that was, it was a poor Sunday and another day if he shoots, what, 69, 70 couple under par. He's very thereabouts. Yeah. It's just adding a few more, uh, yeah, a few more strings to his his CV, really, isn't it? And just yeah, yeah, because he finished be two off. under, two, two, sorry, two over on Sunday to finish in a tie for eighteenth or nine under. But I would say to people, just watch Matt Wallace uh, because I just feel he's got this guy Lord on this bag, now Graham Lord. He, 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 I, there's a difference in Wallace at the moment, and I just think he could be value um so definitely keep an eye out on him yeah, is there any, was, anyone else that you like the look of it i mean do you know what i was i thought i was going to have a cracking week with my the picks i put up last week on about friday lunchtime yeah um, and then to, i mean to coin a phrase they all shit the bed a bit on saturday when yeah. everyone else was shooting sort of 67 68s 
I think virtually every one of my players shot 72 or worse, yeah. which just absolutely killed me. But despite that, they all finished in the top 40. A fair few finished in the top 20. And these are like multiple three-figure shots. Like, I don't think they were bad picks at all, but they were just very frustrating, particularly on that Saturday when quite a few went low and mine just didn't. Um, but looking at the top 10, I mean, just ever so impressed with Corey Connors. Um, he's just so good. Isn't um, he? he's, been, he's competed at such a variety of courses. Yeah. When you think he's he's finished in the top top few, both here and at, and at uh, Bay Hill, on top of his performances um, wherever else, like the Masters, at all sorts well, of different Well, that's seven menus. top tens for the year, Matt. That's seven top tens. This guy is killing it. He, I think yeah. he is, uh, I don't know what he, last week I said he was six top tens for the year and he was tied Second, he, he was right up there in top 10 finishes for the year on PGA Tour stats. Well, he's just done another one. Like, this guy, Corey Connors, is on fire. Do you yeah, know? he's he's, he's going to win lots on tour fairly yeah. soon. And I know that's a rather grand phrase because it's hard to win on the PGA Tour. But yeah. you know what? I, I almost, I don't think I said last week when you put him up. Um, I remember thinking it, but I was looking at Connors' stats and I went high odds last week, so I didn't go for him. But he's actually gained strokes put in in something silly, like seven or eight consecutive starts. Yeah. And that was an enormous Achilles heel, Achilles heel for him previously. So it's obviously a part of his game that's really he's really worked on. And his and ball he missed a hatful too, man. He missed a hatful of pouts over the weekend. Even though he's gained strokes putting, oh my God, yeah. it could have I mean, been he's... so much better for Connors. It really could yeah. have been. He's, I mean, off the tee, he's incredible. He's, it's, I'm just looking at his stats now. He's ninth off the tee and tenth in approach to the green, which puts him ninth tee to green on tour. Um, and this year, he's actually 63rd putting, whereas last year he was 180th. Yeah. That's a massive improvement. And yeah. he obviously knew that was the part of his game that he needed to improve to to go in to win. And obviously, he won at um, Valero, didn't he? Yeah. Um, in the last season, but. Yeah. He's just going to win tournaments if he maintains anything like those ball striking figures and yeah. has a couple of decent putting weeks. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think he's by far and away this season's sort of surprise in his consistency. Just in being that his world ranking must be flying, that, that's going to be maintained for quite some time given all the top tens and things that he's made. So, yeah, yeah super impressed with Connors. Kirk, I mean, I backed him, but he's He's impressing me too. He's not a million miles away from Connors in his consistency. No, he's, he's not. In at yeah. lots of different venues. And if we think this is his first sustained period on tour since obviously his, his personal demons and his time away. So I think he could still till come on a bit for, for this season. So definitely one to watch out for because he's still being put up, not quite um, got the recognition of Connors yet. So you're still seeing 60s rather than 30s. So I mean, we like to stay the right side of a price, don't we? So it'd be interesting to see how they price him up for the rest of the season, particularly in majors where he's not competed, obviously, for a few years. But you might you might catch a decent price on a Chris Kirk coming up. So something to watch out for, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I think uh, Chris Kirk is, is, as you say, definitely one to watch out for and uh, and, and uh, Corey Connors. And, um, uh, yeah, uh, there's a there's a hat, hat full of others you could have a look at. Okay, let, let's... Um, I know that you, as you said today, you're not that big on the Zurich Classic. So let me just explain to the listeners. Um, Zurich Classic is a, a pairs event. So you basically play across four rounds. Um, there's a there's a, a two ball and then a, um, a better ball sort of situation. So uh, across the four rounds, you, you're playing um, a, a couple of different scenarios with your partner. 
uh, and, and and it's basically a cumulative score. So what we're looking at is um, uh, some very interesting pairings. And uh, as you quite rightly say, it's not for everyone. This isn't. This is a pretty hard sort of thing to pick. Um, and and you're looking. At, you know. So let me just run you through some of the pairings here. Um, the last year's champions were John Rahm and Ryan Palmer, um, and and they start favourites here at eight to one. Well, uh, actually, let me just look at that again. Uh, yeah, eight to one. Uh, so uh, so so we'll start sports. Um, John Ryan, John Rahm, Ryan Palmer, Patrick Cantlay, and uh, Xander Schauffele share favouritism with them as well. Uh, then you've got Mark Leishman and Cameron Smith. Uh, then you've got Scotty Scheffler, Bubba Watson, Cameron Champ, and Tony Finau. They're at sixteen to one. Uh, Colin Morikawa and Matthew Wolf. They're sixteen to one. Chris Kirk and Brendan Todd are twenty-two to one. And it goes on and on and on. So you can have a look at that round through down to the odds. It goes right through to what are we now through to a thousand to one. Uh, Woody Austin and Rocco Media. God, I didn't even know Rocco Media was still playing. <laughs> Um, so, um, uh, and then uh, Kiridek and Afi uh, Banra and Arjun Atwal are, are 400 to 1. So you've got uh, a, and a stack of other you know, pairs combinations in between. So really what you're looking here for, punters, is, is uh, you've got to try and decide who makes a great pair, who plays well together, who has got, uh, and who's got a good combination of, power and precision who can putt well who can, who who finds fairways who can um you know who can get it up there you know a good long way and then who can um ball strike that you know into the into the heart of the green and be five feet from the pin for it for a shot at birdie so it's it's a typically a very low scoring event because obviously you know you've got you know you've got players um, uh, playing together uh, and, uh, and, uh, and 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 can can shoot quite low. So, um, as I say, you, you you're not so so up on this, and and uh, and, I, and I'm not going to hold you to anything here. But uh, running your eyes over that sort of over those pairings, Matt, are there any kind of pairings that make you go, "Oh, that's um that that's a good price, or well, that's good value." I think it's it's always a really interesting one, and I think I probably should probably explain. It's I don't find it a really attractive bet, and I absolutely love watching this event. I think it's fascinating, um, just the the difference between your your better ball and your and your sort of um, alternate shot formats. I think it's really interesting, like you say, to yeah. to tie down what method actually works here um, is also quite interesting. Is it that you want players with a similar skill set who are going to be in familiar positions in those alternate shot rounds? Or actually, do you want someone who is the complete opposite? And, I mean, you look at, I mean, Imanan pop out to me on the leaderboard and Benny Ann can't haul a putt um, to save himself and Im is going to haul absolutely everything. Um, you look at the differences between, I guess, Ram and Palmer sort of, um, one that I noticed further down was Wyndham Clark playing with uh, EVR, I think. Yeah. Um, where Wyndham Clark is prodigious off the tee and a demon on the greens, whereas EVR is more an iron player and can't really put, is an average driver of the ball. And I think what I would do here is probably look for some longer prices. Um, I'm just looking down the last couple of leaderboards and it's there are plenty of teams that would have gone off any price you want who have finished... Um, sort of second, third. I know Ram and Palmer won, who'd be up there near the top. Um, you look at last year's board, you've got Brian Gay and Sabatini came third. Um, Kate Lee and Matt Every came fourth um, with Hank Lebioda and Curtis Luck. So there's plenty of place value in it, I think. 
I just find it really hard to handicap because I know I like to look at a lot of stats and I can't really do that here. Um, for those of you who follow me, I retweeted um, a tweet from someone called PGA Tout on Twitter who had done an analysis of birdie or better averages um, with a thought to those better ball rounds because that's where your score's made here. Um, you shoot 60s, 61s with something like reasonable frequency. So you want scorers, I think. You want people who have the ability to go low and if they can dovetail those rounds perfectly, they can knock, they can do a 10 under, 11 under, 12 under, something really silly. Um, so uh, looking down the board, there are a couple that I'd be interested in, although I think a couple have contracted in price. Hovland and Ventura, um, sort of grabbed my eye when I first looked at it just because I didn't think Hovland had the respect he maybe should have had yeah. um, even though he's with Ventura who is another Norwegian but obviously not as esteemed a player um, however that's contracted quite significantly um, since I first looked at my lunch break um, there's a couple of others at slightly bigger prices um, Damon and Griffin um, call out to me they are quite similar players so if you were after two of a very similar skill set um, for those of you who listen to the podcast you'll you'll know of my admiration for Griffin and his game and obviously Damon's a recent winner um, at Corrales was it um, so confidence should be high they should complement each other I don't mind that I think even Brown and Kisner um, are have a reputation for being proper a proper golfing team they've played exceptionally well here in the past um kisner we know about him um in in match play but actually he's played this event really well in multiple years um and they just seem to complement each other really well um i don't know what you think so i was looking down the lists and i saw matt wallace and i was like oh that interests me who's he playing with and he's playing with GMAC, which immediately turned me off to that idea. yeah me too me too <laughs> that was exactly the same i looked at a bit also oh and then he's played with Jim. I go, yeah. No. Why is he? Why is he not just give Tommy a ring? Tommy's played well here quite a I few know. times. Why does he bring Matt Fitzpatrick and say, Matt, what are you up to? Uh, yeah, the, you know, I... the two Matts. You know, like um, what, what's he doing with GMAC? Who is? I mean, God bless him. Good. I mean, he's a major champion, but I can't have him. I, he's playing awful. No. You know. It's, yeah, he's not in any sort of form. I mean, it wouldn't be me betting on golf if I don't have some form of bet on Matty Neesmith and Chase Seifert. Having put them both up last week, it would, <laughs> it would yeah. be a kick in the teeth if they, they decided to go in together this week. Yeah, um, and, 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 yeah, and and for me, like you, you mentioned Kevin Kisner, who I I, I just. He, I had him in my fantasy team and I was looking very strong in my fantasy team after the first... Now, I know fantasy teams vary wildly from day to day, but um, really, Kevin Kisner was the only guy on my fantasy team that didn't make the cut. So he really hurt me last week. So I'm feeling fairly, feeling fairly bitter towards Kevin Kisner at the moment. Um, now, that's not to say, as you say, that he can't do well here and he hasn't done well here because he has. And I've had to kind of look along and hard at him. Um, so my um, looks at this week, um, yeah, I, I have to go Cameron Smith and Mark Leishman because Cameron Smith actually won here with um, used... Yeah, that's him. Um, uh, a few years ago, um, this was his first PGA Tour win, Cam Smith, uh, before he won on the singles event at the Sony Open. So he likes it here. Um, he's playing great. He's playing great, um, even though he's a bit, can be a bit all over the plot shop. He's, he's you can't deny his form. And mm-hmm. uh, and and Mark Leishman it, it comes off a very solid um, Masters performance. So I I, I, I have to take those two. Um, mm-hmm. I then I'm as I say I'm looking for value as well. I, I it's funny you should say Wyndham Clark and Eric Van Bruyen. I really like them too. Uh, I, I'm 
as much as I cringe whenever I see Eric Van Royen because I just think, put a pair of socks on, man. Um, <laughs> um, he, um, as much as he his, his crimes against fashion uh, do my head in, um, he's a very good golfer. And uh, and Mindem Clark is also, um, he played very well, um, uh, I forget where it was, it wasn't too long ago, and, uh, and I'm, I'm quite keen on Wyndham Clark and Eric Van Royen, and, uh, and uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm quite keen on them. And another couple I'm keen on is Rasmus Hogard and Vaughan, Ta- uh, Vaughan Taylor, um, because I just, Vaughan, uh, Vaughan Taylor is a very, very solid, he's a, not a spectacular player. He's very, very solid. He finds um, greens and, and fairways and what have you. Uh, Rasmus Hogard is talented young European player, uh, and they could just they could just bounce off each other nicely. And and they're and they're and they're quite a nice price. I'm just looking uh, what what they are. Um, so yeah, so those are my three. I'm I'm gonna and and uh, I, I actually I've gone to four. Actually, there was another uh, pairing, and that was um, um, the South African pairing: Louis Eustace and then Charles Schwartzel. Um, mm-hmm. Charles Schwartzel is my. I worry about Schwartzel. I'm not worried about Louis Eustace. No, he can play. He's great. Um, uh, Charles worries me um but uh, but i'm but i'm willing to kind of take them on the strength of their association they're a good strong pairing so my four are cameron smith mark leishman louis stays and charles schwartz or Wyndham clark Aaron van Royen, and at a price rasmus rasmus hogard and, and vaughn taylor fair enough i'll chip in with three why not we'll have a pop at this this yeah weekend. go on go on, go on go um, on gives me something to watch doesn't exactly, it um, exactly before i go through i think what's really interesting this week is that most bookies are still offering seven places um yes they and are. I think some, yeah. some with eight and i think with only 80 teams if you will 80 competitors in the race i think that gives some massive place value so yeah, yeah i quite like the hogan shout of something at a longer price that might that might go in so i'm going to give you two that are relatively close together and one that is an absolute wing and a prayer but I don't hate it. So there we go. Um, so I'm going to join you on um, EVR and Wyndham Clark. I think they're really quite nice. I'm also going to go back to Doug Gim because I think Doug Gim with someone who could haul his putts might be a lovely proposition. Yeah. Um, plays with Justin Sir, who is um, a bit of a proposition himself um, and is playing really quite well in his performances um, on the Corn Ferry um, and in the few times he's played um, on the PGA Tour. So they're both players with with enormous potential. Obviously, Gim's a lot further down the line, um, but I mean, Gim just can't haul a thing at the minute. So it might be nice if someone could finish his puts off for him. Yeah, um, and then we'll have one that is all the way down the bottom. Um, I'm keeping on scrolling because I checked the price earlier. I want to see if it's still there. Um, I'm just hoping that they can grab a price at an absolutely massive one, and that's going to be Ricky Barnes and DJ Trahan. Ricky so Barnes! Ricky, Ricky Barnes! Barnes. Jesus He's an old Christ. favourite of mine. Oh, um, Jesus. I think it tells you one, enough. 400 to 1 was <laughs> I think it tells you enough when they're a one position above Ian Atwal and Afi Barnrat. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But there you go. That's my wing and a prayer for this week. Um, I'd obviously recommend smaller stakes if you are following any bets um, yeah. on that particular one. But yeah. 
it's a fun event. Let's have a fun bet and see if we yeah, can that's up. right. Yeah, as I say, a couple of quid uh, each way on on Ricky Barnes and and uh, and Hunter Mayhan. Why not? Uh, and as you say, um, uh, looking at I, I just forgot to give out the um, the odds on my one, so I'm just look. Rasmus Hogarden Vaughn Taylor is 125 to one. Uh, and um, the other one was um, Wyndham Clark and Aaron Van Roy and the Star Sports is 60 to 1. So, yeah, now you'll you see, you'll probably hear listeners that we've kind of both gone past the, the favourites here, which is Palmer and Ram and Patrick Cantley and Xander Schaefer, which, I mean, if these two play in any way the way they can, they would they would spread eagle this field. They would murder this field. But uh, I, I just can't take them for the price that they're at. I'm 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 with you. I'm having a bit of fun this week. I want to look for a bit of value. Um, and uh, so I'm as I say, I'm going to go hunting a bit of value. And uh, and if Ram and Cantley canter up, well, fair play to them at eight to one. But I'm as I say, I'm I'm going to try and find a bit of um, a, a bit of longer price stuff. So uh, and as I say, you're the same. Okay. Let's um, uh, let's just we're kind of this is the super season this year, so we, we're kind of rolling two years into uh, two seasons into one in the PGA Tour. So I just wanted to just finish off um, tonight's podcast by just talking about uh, we've got another major coming up. We've got the PGA Championships and Whistling Straits. Is it Whistling Straits? Um, no, PGA is at Kiawa. Sorry, think. sorry. I, I, I half as soon as I said it, I thought no, that's wrong. Um, uh, yeah, PGA Championship at Kiawa in May. So we've got another major coming up quite soon, and we're you know halfway through what has been a very very busy season. Kind of um, a get a bit of a feeling from you on on, on any sort of early full of full of feelings from Kiawa, and two. Any sort of standouts, major sort of um, revelations for you for the year and any sort of disappointments for you for the year so far? Yeah, so I don't think I've actually backed anyone for the PGA Championship yet, which is unlike me. Um, I've gone in, in fact, that's a lot, That's an absolute lie. Um, I backed Will Zalatoris um, the morning after the Masters. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know how I like to reinvest a little bit yeah. Um, after yeah. a win. Um, yeah. so Why not? Why not? I I took 66s um, about Will Zalatoris for the PGA. Now, I'm having a quick look, and he's a general 40s, 33s. But there's actually, I don't think, I think that might be a Rick, but it's showing he's, he's 80 to 1 in a place um, on odds checker. So, I mean, chase that value if you can find it. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, apart from that, it's an interesting one because there's not been anyone that stood out to me as a player I think will do really well there that I thought was particular value um obviously there's the ones near the top of you could get but more than likely they're going to be very similar prices with double the amount of places nearer the time um so i've not got lots of, of massive leans for the pga um as it stands to be honest have you have you got anything at the moment that you're thinking um not really um i'm i, I i'm a bit like you i have yet to kind of turn my attention to it and really sort of give it some thought i want to go, do a bit more research about the course um i want to understand you know what sort of player will you know will, what strengths um you know does a player need to have there so i yeah so i'm also i'm going to put my hand up and say no i i i, I really need to have a, a, a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a research on that so let's move past that then and then let's look at kind of who's your um uh, your, your kind of 
guys that you've thought like Bulls Torres, for example, you've you you you, you long time ago you said this this kid can play and you, you were dead right and he's been a major revelation for the year uh, and 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 a great find and and, and I would say uh, um, for me two players that have been who I thought were going to be revelations for this year and have been major disappointments for me uh, Cameron Davis uh, and Tom mm-hmm. Hoagie because I, I I can see both of them that they're hugely talented and and have got the games to win a PGA Tour event at a price. And this is what we're looking for on this podcast. We're, we're trying to find players before the curve. We're trying to hit a player before the curve. And it and it and and as Dave Tyndall showed last week on from Betfair, like you don't have to it doesn't have to be a, a, a young player before the curve. It can be an old player that he matched up the stats of, of his wins, um of his performances after a major and said there's a real pattern here and he was absolutely spot on and he plays RBC Heritage well and he matches it all up extremely well um, I'm I'm trying to find the same as I know you are as well and you're much more mm-hmm. stats driven than I am and and, and, and I'm trying and I, I tried I, I tend to look at guys who I think are, are striking it well who are, who are, who are yeah. swinging well and I, I'm a more of an ethereal kind of a guy where I'm I'm trying to see a guy who I think he's playing really well and I and I've and that and that's I you know I threw out Corey Connors last week because I just said this guy is swinging so beautifully and he's just in such a good rhythm he doesn't have to worry about his tour event um, about his card he's he's playing with a freedom of financial security that just he's just playing well and, and so I thought Cameron Davis and Tom Hoagie were guys that were, and they've flattered to deceive many times in the last few months where they've got close, they've been up the leaderboard high, and you think, yep, now's the time, boys, and they've been at three-figure prices, and every time they've fallen over. And that's been a major disappointment for me. Anyone, what about you? Has there been really revelations or disappointments for you so far this year? Yeah, I think, uh, firstly, I think you do the, those two players a bit of a disservice in that they've actually been on leaderboards to to make those disappointments. So yeah. I think that might be kind of a, a necessary penance they need to pay before they can actually break through. Yeah. Um, but I know what you mean. So I, at a very similar time as I wrote about Will Zalatoris, it was in the original lockdown when I had more time on my hands. Yeah. Um, I wrote about some players to follow that I thought were going to be sort of the next big things that were going to make that breakthrough, mainly based on their ball striking figures, their potential, their amateur paid pedigree. Um, and one of those players um, was a player who I first really came on my radar properly. He came T20th in the Open, um, 2019, was it? Um, yeah, I think it was 2019 in the Open. Um, and then just I, th- I thought I've had a look and I just, it was one that I think you'd be more akin to where you watch him on TV and say, like, oh, that boy's swinging it brilliantly. Like he just looks, the game looks easy for him. Yeah. So I looked a bit further into it. Um, he actually won the, the US Amateur in 2017. Um, and at this point, he was about 150th in the world. Um, he had a couple of really good finishes in 2000, early 2020. And I was like, right, I want to get on board. Um, and this player was Doc Redman. Um, and Doc Redman, for those of you who don't know, is an absolute ball striker or has been. His stats yeah. were awesome. He was well up in the, the strokes gained approach off the tee stats. Couldn't really buy a putt, as he seems to be the sort of player that I tend to back. Um, but I was like, you know what? That can be corrected. He can really make it in the game. Um, and he came third, I think, when I think it was when Bryson won the, the Rocket Mortgage at the start of last year. Um, I think Matt Wolf was second in that. 
um, then knocked in a couple of T3s, um, the Wyndham and the Safeway, and then promptly stuck it in reverse. Um, and he's just been abhorrent ever since then. Um, and he started off this season, I think one of the first starts of the season, was it the RSM? Um, was one of the first uh, tournaments. And he was yes, priced it was. At, a, yeah. at a really, really short price. It was about, I think he got put up at 66s and got absolutely hammered in. And he's just been hitting it off the planet. He, he's gone from peppering pins. He's gone from being there or thereabouts and just not finding not finding the puts to just, I mean, from a stats perspective, just entirely losing his swing. Um, and he sort of plummeted. He was, he got to a top of around 80th in the world. He's now sitting sort of 160th plus, uh, has missed about seven or eight out of the last nine or 10 cuts he's um, attempted. And I just can't place it. I thought he was going to be excellent. Uh, and particularly this year, he's just been been a huge disappointment for me. I was looking forward to seeing him play, um, but he just looks like he's lost it. And he's one of those that I swiftly stopped backing because his stats just kind of transformed from a makeup that I really like to back to one that I wouldn't trust as far as I could throw it. So for yeah. sure, Doc Redman is a is a big disappointment for me. Yeah. Like you say, I think Zalatoris is is the standout in terms of how he's progressed. And obviously it's nice to be right about stuff, isn't it? But it's just nice to watch that when you see a player coming through and really see see their work. Yeah, I, I was talking to um, uh, the PGA Tour coach, uh, John Jonathan Yarwood, on, on Will Zalatoris, who, who, like you, is a big fan of him and, and said, what I love about Zalatoris is he just plays with... He'd rip your throat out, you know? Like, he's he's, he's just that... He's, he's a real ballsy kind of player who just plays... Like hard out, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, and he's just he's no fear. He just goes for it, and mm-hmm. and you just and that's so lovely to watch in a golfer. You know, like a guy who's just um he, he he's at the Masters and he doesn't give a shit. He's he's there to win, uh, and yeah. um and, and it's great to see. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, I, I as I say, I think that was a great spot in Zalatoris, and uh, well, you know. Um, I think, sorry, I think equally, as nice as it is to be right about something, it's also nice to be proved wrong sometimes. And it reminds me of a conversation we had about six weeks ago about Max Homer. And actually, I was completely wrong about Homer, and I didn't think he was a player. I thought he had some decent finishes, but I didn't see in him what he's done since. Um, And what I quite like about Homer is that he's not unfamiliar with a missed cut at all. He misses plenty of cuts. But I think there's definitely something to be said with a player who plays with an enormous amount of variance in their game. You look at someone like Xander, someone that you back quite frequently, who is yeah. just a source, a source of immense frustration. He's yeah. going to be T15 or better the vast majority of the weeks. You look at Dustin Johnson, his bad week last week, he finished about 12th. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But you compare Homer to maybe someone like a, a Cameron Champ, who has been atrocious in parts, but actually his ceiling is so high that when he ties it all together, he's going to win events and he's going to miss cuts where you might get a Tom Hoagie of the world who is just going to finish T40 the vast majority of the weeks and never really threaten. So it's a really interesting premise for betting and actually investigating someone's ceiling and floor versus their, their sort of median performance. And actually, is it better to back someone with a consistent makeup or someone who you're going to forget about by Thursday afternoon one week, but actually he's going to go in for you the next week. So yeah, it's interesting. I, I like love Max Homer now. I love how how his game makes out, but it's something that I didn't want to see until he won at Genesis. And then actually I was like, actually, this boy is a player and he's something to watch. And as it happens, since I've actually watched him, I was thinking, oh, in the players, I quite fancy him for this. I don't mind it. He missed the cut. Same at the Masters where I didn't mind him at the prices. 
but that just shows you that for just does Max Homer care that he's missed a couple of cuts? I doubt it. He's won at Riviera. Whereas if he'd yeah. finished 10th in all of those events, I imagine he'd be absolutely frustrated with himself thinking, how often I made the most of one of these chances. So, yeah, but you see, and that's that's funny you should say Max Homer. He's a winner. Homer's a winner. Do you know? Like yeah. he's when he gets the chance to win, he grabs it by the throat and he wins, you know. Uh, and so, you know, he gets to the playoff with Tony Finau. Uh, and uh, and he gets into uh, an impossible position off the tenth tee on the first uh, first playoff hole, and and somehow you know scrambles his way out of that. He, the guy is a fighter and a winner, and that's what you want to see. If you've got money invested in the guy, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna lay that in direct contrast with the same guy who was leading at that Genesis, Sam mm-hmm. Burns, who who was who we can all see can hit it an absolute country mile. He's, he's got all the tools, is incredibly talented. There's no doubt about any of that. And yet, Sam Burns, three times this year, has had the, had the door open and he stumbles on the way through and he can't get through the door. And, and, and that is the difference. At this very, very, very elite level where you are talking with about guys who are the best golfers on the planet that 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 it's just a nth of a degree sometimes it's in tiny millimeters and degrees and 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 sometimes even in the in the gray matter between the ears that these guys are playing in in such nano microns that that they uh, you know that they get through and buster and win and and or they don't and 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 you you know the guy that he max homer beat in that genesis playoff tony Finau, who we all know what a player but he just Mm -hmm. can't shut the door because he doesn't have that rip your throat out stamp on your heart kind of mentality he's too nice the guy's too nice and he and he and he just needs to just uh, you get that killer mentality and 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 fire it with that putter and and he, and he would he would have won ten tournaments so uh, you know so it's very interesting you you put out that Max Homer because I agree with you there are guys that that, that see the opportunity um, Will Zalatoris you can see he's gonna if he if he sees half a chance he's gonna grab it Max Homer. Um, there's, there's been a couple of others this year as well that have, have been uh, enormously uh, impressive with the way that you think. And it's interesting you say Doc Redman because, as you say, um, it, 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 oh, that's the other, that was the other name you said, Cameron Champ. I'm watching that guy very, very, very closely because the, if you listen to all the pros, whenever they talk about Cameron Champ, they go, he hits it. And it sounds different. Like he hits, they all rave about the way that Cameron Champ hits a golf ball. And if pros are raving about the way a guy's hitting a golf ball, you know he's hitting a golf ball special. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm watching and waiting Cameron Champ because as soon as he sorts his shit out, beg your pardon, he will win. So I'm trying to wait and see, but I'm keeping a very close eye on Cameron Champ. Yeah. Do you know what else I like about this season? Just just notice you're obviously talking about Homer and his wins. I like that in this wraparound season, we've seen the return of the journeyman pro, which I absolutely love. I think there's it's brilliant that golf, like no other sport, lets the likes, likes of Stuart Sink win over many others. And if we yep. think about that, that premise of not not closing out of the Tony Finaus and the, the Sam Burns is 
I'll just read you off a couple of the, sort of the lists of the winners who have won won in this yeah. wraparound season yeah. um, and how they managed those wins. You think Sink, he managed it incredibly well, but there's actually been so many who have not been up there for a while, but on the opportunity, they closed it out and that meant it to them. So you look at the likes of Martin Laird um, at the Shriners, Brian Gear at Bermuda, um, you've got Robert Streb at the RSM, um, you go a bit further, you've got Kevin Knight, the Sony um, coming on a bit. Obviously, there's some elite winners in there too. You've got Reed and Kepka and Berger, but then you Brandon Grace, um, you've got Matt yeah. Jones. Like they were all not apart from Sinks recently. Yeah, they're all journeymen, aren't they? Teams, they weren't sort of processions. They've battled for that and they've come out for the fight. And actually, I love that you've got 40 plus players winning. Um, you've got Matt Jones and Brandon Grace sandwiched yeah. outside of Bryson, Justin, and Colin Morikawa. Like that's just poetry, isn't it? That's what you want golf to be. It is. It is great. It's wonderful. And what's great is, and was a great tweet by somebody, uh, one of the golfers said, one of the pros said, Stuart Sink, what is he, 48 years old? He just went out and kicked everyone's ass last week. <laughs> you know? He kicked every he kicked a whole lot of young guys' ass last week. Do you know? He did. And and so fair play to him. And, and I, I couldn't agree with you more, Matt. It's great to see. It just shows you you don't have to be twenty four years old and hitting at three hundred and fifty yards. You can be forty eight and hitting at 280, 290, that's fine. It's, it's just how you manage your game and, and, and what you can do. So I think we'll leave it there. I think that, I mean, that's a great, that's a great summation of, of kind of where we are for the season. Uh, you know, uh, it's been, a, it's been great. I mean, this, through all this lockdown shit, it's been wonderful to actually have golf to watch. And, and now we're sort of hopefully, please God, coming out the other end of it. And uh, we're into some, you know, we've got some great tournaments to come up. We've got, as I say, the PGA, then we've got the Open, then we've got the US Open. So we've got some wonderful golf, you know, upcoming. And um, so let's, uh, as I say, let's enjoy this Zurich this week. It's a bit of a, as I say, it's a bit of a fun sort of thing, a bit of a double send. I would definitely... Um, as I say, what you know, um, advise anyone watching it this week to just kind of uh, watch it and running. And if you see, you know, a, a pair playing well at a price, you know, st- stick a couple of quid on them at a price. You never know because it, it could be anyone could pop up at this tournament. You know? Yeah, definitely. I think to watch it for what it is, a bit of fun, a change of pace from your usual. Um, and like you say, if you see a hot putting team or someone putting it together, um, this went more than quite a few. There's actually some decent in-play prices. So so I wouldn't put you off, but don't do too much of your door. Keep it for the more, the more important events coming up. Yeah, exactly. All right. Thanks, Matt. Thanks very much, Matt. See you after. Okay. See you. Bye.